Hey, moms, dads, and grandparents. This is Sandra Beck from Military Mom Talk Radio, and I know how hard it is to provide a great education for military kids. K-12 believes every child is uniquely brilliant. So to prepare them for college and succeed beyond high school, they deserve an education designed just for them. Learn more at k12.com front slash grade about enrollment. A child's brilliance comes in many forms. Some are curious, others inventive, some are analytical. K-12 is a full-time, tuition-free, online option to traditional public school. Taught by state-certified teachers, schools powered by K-12 provide an individualized education, enhancing your child's ability to succeed. K-12 programs teach to and embrace your child's unique brilliance. Students from K-12-powered schools go on to fine colleges and universities, enhancing their ability to succeed in life. Be part of the community of families who have succeeded with a tuition-free online K-12 education. K-12 welcomes students from grade K to 12. Visit k12.com front slash grade or call 855-628-9531 for more information about enrolling. That's k12.com front slash grade. Global Broadcasting Networks presents Military Mom Talk Radio. We know behind every soldier, sailor, airman, and marine is the family supporting them. With over 200 episodes in 17 countries, over five seasons, with three million monthly listeners, we are radio strong. Military Mom Talk Radio is sponsored in part by K-12. No matter where our military families are, K-12 enhances your child's ability to succeed. Now, here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Hey, Military Moms, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd. And Robin, we've got such a busy season coming. You know, there's a lot of competition for charities right now. And Mm -hmm. I you know, want to always give this opportunity because you know me, after 27 years with Toys for Tots, I have to plug it every Mm -hmm. chance I get. But Mm -hmm. one of the great ways you can donate to Toys for Tots without having to come out of pocket is when your kids get those presents that they're not going to use at Christmas or they have a birthday party or you go to a birthday party. I've actually asked asked a mom once I went to this one birthday party and this little kid got I'm serious there was like 45 presents no kid Mm. ever needs to get 45 presents and I said Mm -hmm. to her I said you know I don't know if your son's going to use all these or if you have plans for him but you might bag the stuff up you're not using and give it to me for Toys for Tots I'll get you a you know donation um, letter if you want or you can and she just went in the thing and she threw all these things in a garbage bag and I got like seriously 22 toys for Toys for Tots by just asking for 
you know, excess. And yeah. that's a way you can participate without any extra effort. The toys go to a good cause. Everybody feels good. It's a real simple, simple solution, whether it's your program or programs at school where they have, you know, extra books. I've grabbed books from the book fair that didn't sell and weren't going to be returned, couldn't mm-hmm. be used in the library. I asked for those books and I said, can I take these for Toys for Tots? They said, absolutely. You know, just keeping your eyes open sure. um, can really make a difference. It really does. You know what a lot of the little girls out here are doing right now for birthdays? And this is, you know, I guess you want to say maybe fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh graders. They're having um, hair parties where they go and they get their hair cut to donate to the um, cancer. Oh, Locks for Love. It's There's another one besides Locks for Love, but it's the same thing. And then they, they'll have a little spa day all together. All the girls will have a spa day, but then they donate their hair. Isn't that fun? That is so fun. That is I, so fun. I just think that, the, and that's, there's a lot of little girls out here that are doing it. I heard one little girl doing it and I thought, oh, gee, isn't that sweet? And then I'm realizing, oh, there's a lot of girls that are actually having their birthday parties and this is what they're doing they're just getting together the girls get a little makeover day you know they're they get their little manicures or whatever done and and they they you know get to play with a little bit of lipstick or whatever but then they get their hair cut and then they donate so isn't that sweet i just think that's that's cool i love things that are purposed you know Yeah, well, and I love things that don't cost money, you know, because right Mm. now everybody's strapped for cash. And when people are asking for donations, I feel really bad when I can't donate. So, you know, the idea that we're passing on things, I mean, I can grow hair, you can grow hair. I mean, there's (laughs) things, you know, like I guess I could give a kidney, I can grow one of those too. But but the idea that we have opportunity to help without having to reach into our already overburdened pocketbooks, um, it makes a big difference because I do really feel bad when I can't. You know, because and you can't give to everybody, and it seems everybody has their hand out. Oh yeah, and I think that's where we just have to say, all right, what's important for us? What are the either the charities or the ways to give that are important to us? And we stick with that. You're right. We can't give to everything. Nobody can. But um, finding the things that are important to you that you feel that you have made a difference in, and then that just that that's a good thing. That's it. And that also gives you something to say, like, you know, everywhere you go now, people, you know, it's like outside my church, outside Walmart, everybody's collecting for something. And they'll say, would you make a donation? And I can say, you know, thank you very much. I already donate to the American Cancer Society. Thank you very much. I already raised for Toys for Tots. That way you don't feel like a jerk going no or ignoring them. You know, you you open your purse and you start looking for something (laughs) or check your phone as you walk by, you know. And that's it the is thing. Uncomfortable. Who carries cash anymore? It's like I have to remember to have a buck in my pocket. I, everything is so plastic driven. I, I don't carry cash anymore. Yeah, no, I don't either. I mean, and that's, you know, and it's caught me, you know, unaware on more than one occasion, though. I will tell you that time we almost ran out of gas and Max, Aiden and Zach dug around the whole car. We came up with four dollars and fifty three cents to buy gas to get us home. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. we were out of gas and the, the only close gas station because I live very rural in the mountains on a horse wow. ranch, the only place that I could get gas. Um, their credit card machines were down and I'm like, crap, I'm on empty, zero miles to empty. Yeah, I have yeah. no cash and I, you know, I've got, you know, five credit cards I could use, but their <laughs> machines weren't working. And I'm thinking, well, this is good. Yeah. This is parenting yeah. at best. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, that's funny. Sandra, tell tell us um, all who we have. We've got a break coming up very shortly. Uh, we have some great guests today, don't we? We do. We've got the dueling Judys. We're going to have stereo Judys, Judy Brizantine and Judy Davis. So you're going to love the Judy, Judy, Judy show. Um, Judy Brizantine wrote this great book um, called Stunned by Grief, and she's been Mm -hmm. on before. And Judy Davis is the direction diva, and she is a military wife who just completed a PCS move. So we're going to talk about navigating new normal. We haven't talked about navigating a new normal for a while on the show. That's true. Uh, And it is difficult. I I think change is probably one of the um, most difficult things to accept. We, uh, they they always say death and taxes are the sure thing in life, but so is change. And um, I think it's very difficult to accept change um, and to be willing to even just to to face it. You know, we, we, we try and force ourselves to be back to what something was before. Um, When I went through cancer, there were things that had to change in my life, and um, th- th- it's not easy. So I'm very, very excited to hear what the gals have to say and our conversation that will ensue, because coming up, we have Judy Davis and Judy Brizendine, an amazing pair of ladies. They are um, very dynamic. They have lots to share with us today. I'm so excited, Sandra. It's going to be a great show. This is Military Mom Talk Radio, and don't forget to check all of our podcasts at militarymomtalkradio.com or our iTunes channel. We're right there. And you can also find us here on Togenet. We'll be back in a moment. We've got lots more ahead. Stay with us on Military Mom Talk Radio. Only six golfers in history have ever shot a hole-in-one while taking part in the Ryder Cup. Of course, the hole-in-one isn't a phenomenon for professional golfers only. Hackers, whiffers, and foozlers get them, while some PGA Tour pros still await their first. According to Golf Digest, who has been tracking info for more than 60 years, the odds of getting a hole-in-one for a professional is 5,000 to 1 and 12,000 to 1 for the rest of us. Tiger Woods shot his first hole-in-one when he was only 6 years old. And John Elway hit a hole-in-one on his 40th birthday. Now there's a good reason to frolic, go or celebrate. I figured out why golf instructors insist you keep your head down and look at the ball. It's so that you can't see them laughing. It's words you never I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 central on Toginet.com. Marla believes that with the right mindset, anything is possible. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka inspires you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the million-dollar mindset. Marla will inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power. Tune into the million-dollar mindset for heartwarming stories with Marla Tabaka. Learn tips and tricks to building a successful business and unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. For more information on the Million Dollar Mindset, go to our website, marlatabaka.com. 
That's M-A-R-L-A-T-A-B-A-K-A dot com. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. Traditional American breakfast, including fried egg, bacon, toast, and potatoes, must seem really heavy to the rest of the world. When my husband and I were in the Amazon, our breakfast consisted of crocodile, deep-fried piranha, and bananas. I can assure you, I ate pretty lightly. For breakfast in Russia, some people enjoy a spoonful of jam in their tea. Now that sounds yummy. What's a word for a person who loves jam? A paziwala. What's another word for weak tea? Whack rowdy dow. Salamagundi was originally an English dish of chopped meat, anchovies, and eggs, garnished with onions, lemon juice, oil, and condiments. Mornings at our house are too hectic to go to all that trouble for breakfast. I'm scrambling just to get some eggs on the table. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. We're back with more great conversation on Military Mom Talk Radio. Hey, Military Moms, welcome to the Judy, Judy, Judy show. We've got Judy Brizantine and Judy Davis, and we're going to have some fun, uh, Rob, and I know I'm going to blow it getting them mixed up, so we're just going to put that right out there. So what I'd like to do first, now Judy Brizantine, uh, she's an author, she's been on our show before, so I'm going to let Judy Davis introduce herself first, and we're going to have a roundtable discussion today about navigating new normals, and what that means, a new normal means that, you know, when things change, whether we lose a loved one, whether we, our kids change schools, whether we PCS move to a different location, change is such a big part of life, but the military family has a unique experience where change is a change and adjustment is like a daily thing. So I'm going to let Judy Davis introduce herself first. Then Rob, you can introduce Judy Brizendine and we'll take it from there. (laughs) So Judy, (laughs) Judy Davis, Judy Davis, the direction diva, please tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, thanks so much first for having me here today, Sandra and Robin. I'm so excited and to learn more about what Judy's doing and all that is just makes it even an added bonus, you know, (laughs) but, um, (laughs) I actually am a motivational speaker and author just came out with my first new book, um, right side up, find your way when military life turns you upside down. So it kind of goes right along with the whole change and navigating a new normal topic. It goes right with it. It's something that, um, I know I struggled with, especially when I first started to be a military spouse, which was um, not real long ago. My husband came back in after a 19-year break in service just six years ago. So kind of have that old lady life experience along <laughs> with the newbie military experience kind of wrapped into one. So That must have been shocking. What in the world are you thinking, honey? <laughs> yeah, it, it really was um and and I think, you know, especially when it comes to talking about change, I think that that was such a change and a shock to not only myself, but my kids and even my husband. You know, he had been in before, but that was back in the 80s. Mm-hmm. So 
military life now is very, very different than it was back then. So lots of change and learning new ways to handle it and deal with it has been um, a process, I guess is the best way to say it. Do you think it was harder for your kids to make that adjustment or was it more difficult for you? You know, I, I think that for my kids, you know, both of them handled it very differently um, and to two separate extremes. My daughter kind of dove in and became this overachiever, um, trying to put as much space between herself and military life as she could. Um, she, both of them were in high school when they came in, and she graduated high school in three years, graduated college in three years, and moved on and got, um, you know, started working right away just to put that distance. My son handled it very differently, and he struggled. Um, huh. In fact, he had attempted suicide a couple of years ago as a result of dealing with all of the chaos and change and he now speaks all over the country sharing the story, and we um, help military families through our Living Through Crisis program, um, helping suicide and PTSD awareness in our children from dealing with the constant change that we go through day in and day out. So, yes, my kids, long story, you know, roundabout answers, mm. my kids mm. kind of struggle, you know. Well, it is. I did read about your Living Through Crisis program on your website, and it is interesting to see how children react and cope and deal with uh, military life because we do have a lot of spousal support, but oftentimes we find the mil- the support for military kids isn't quite the same need, and um, we're always appreciative for those opportunities to give our children support. Yeah. Yeah. And we also want to say hello to Judy Brizendine, author and blogger. And um, your books, Judy Brizendine, have been so remarkably well um, received and used by so many. Um, tell us briefly how the, you became such a um, passionate author. It's very personal, isn't it? It's very personal. Thank you for having me back. It's great to be here with you. Um, my, really all of this evolved out of my personal experience with grief. When my husband died suddenly, I was probably as ill-prepared as anyone in the world ever has been for what I was experiencing. And, you know, not only was the loss of, of him so difficult, but it was made so much harder for me because... I didn't know anything about grief, and I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what to do. So through this this evolving process of learning about grief, of working through my own grief, um, of years later remarrying um, someone who was a widower, and, you know, we worked with um, grief support groups together for a while. You know, all of that just kind of naturally led to writing the book because, you know, having been through what I had been through, I just wanted to do what I could to help people understand and to make that process easier um, for them. If there was anything I could do to do that, I wanted to do it because I didn't want anyone to struggle through that process the way I had. Hmm. 
Now, when we talk about grief, I just want to put this out there. You know, Judy is a special, Judy Brizantine is a specialist in grief, but there's grief associated with all types of things. And, you know, and I'd like to, to open this up for discussion. Um, and I'd like to go to uh, Judy Brizantine first, because there's grief with loss of a home, loss of a child. There's grief with loss of a, a, a neighborhood, you know, when you PCS move somewhere or or you change your lifestyle, there is grief for that old life. And that is part of adjusting to a new normal. So Judy Brizantine, would you like to weigh in on that first? You're so right. Um, anytime we lose anyone or anything, that's a vital, a vitally important part of our lives. There's going to come grief because, you know, broken down into the most basic um, denominator that you can, grief is about facing the pain of loss and adapting to the changes that that loss has brought into your life. And and loss always brings change. It always does. And once our lives have changed dramatically like that, we have to find a way to make life work again for us, you know, to adapt to those changes most of the time they're not changes that we want. You know, they're not changes that we even thought we would have to go through many times. And that whole process, you know, of, of um, experiencing the pain but also um, adapting to those changes, that's really what grief is all about. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Judy, the directional diva, what are you thinking is the best way that somebody can find the courage to face it? I mean, we're, if we're putting up these barriers saying, oh, my gosh, I'm going to have to uh, find a job now. I'm going to have to do whatever is, is this new uh, journey that I've, I've need, I have to go on. There's no turning back. How do, how do, how do we find the, the uh, courage? Well, I, you know, I think it really starts with, you know, change is something that while it happens in an instant, it really is part of a process. And that process continues along and it becomes part of our life. You know, just like Judy Bernstein said, you know, it is, it often comes with grief because we're not sure exactly what it is or how to adapt to the new things that are being asked of us, um, you know, when when grief or change or even like a PCS, you know, mm. there's a grieving process the minute those orders come because we know that within that instant, it was a piece of paper or, you know, like Judy was talking about, you know, the death of a loved one. In an instant, we know that everything that has been familiar, that has been comfort. Um, that has been part of our daily routine is now going to be turned upside down. And we have to, you know, take an active role in finding ways to move forward through this change. And I, I think it's a process that begins first with the acceptance of the fact that life will change. Yeah. And yeah. that's where it begins. That's where it all starts. And it is difficult to be brave. Um, and I think if we are finding 
um, sort of that self-esteem or that um, if I know that I can conquer one little thing, maybe then I can conquer something else. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people just need help getting to that first step. And then once I remember going through uh, when they first diagnosed me with cancer, for example, it was scary. I had two children. What am I going to do? I don't know if I can handle this. It was the unknown, actually, that was the scariest. Once we had it typed, once we knew what I was facing, then I was charged. I said, all right, we've got that part down. Now let's just go. This is what I've got to do. This is where I'm going to map it out. And I think that's where you just kind of get that little um, kick in, I guess you could say, to be able to say, all right, this is what I'm facing now let's conquer it. And it's not easy. It's just not easy at all. We're talking today with Judy Brizendine, author, blogger, and speaker. Um, her book, Stunned by Grief, have helped so many. And we also have Judy Davis, the Direction Diva. Um, she is a motivational speaker, a military wife, and uh, a wonderful person to help all of us find our new normal. We're going to a commercial break, but stay tuned. We've got lots more conversation here on Military Mom Talk Radio. We've got lots more ahead. Stay with us on Military Mom Talk Radio. Well, the U.S. sure has experienced torrential thunderstorms, lightning, and flooding recently. Thunderstorms, otherwise known as cockeyed bobs, can be pretty scary. What's the fear of thunder and lightning called? Astrophobia. Years ago, Roy Sullivan, a Virginia Park Ranger, was struck by lightning seven different times and lived to tell about it. Lightning struck his head through his hat, set his hair on fire, and burned his eyebrows off. The current from the lightning traveled through both legs and blew his shoes off. The final lightning bolt hit him while fishing, and he was hospitalized for chest and stomach burns. Believe it or not, Roy Sullivan managed to recover from seven lightning strikes, but later died of a self-inflicted gunshot wound as a result of loneliness, otherwise known as azagophrenia. It's marching I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Have you heard? The pages of American Patchwork and Quilting magazine come to life on our new weekly online radio show, American Patchwork and Quilting. Join Pat Sloan, our blogging and quilt designer host, as she talks about the latest trends, ideas, and inspirations. Her guests include quilt pattern designers, authors, quilt shop owners, and our editors, all quilters just like you. Call in with your questions. Get quilting tips from industry experts. Learn about free patterns. Hear behind-the-scenes stories from our magazines, American Patchwork and Quilting, Quilt Sampler, and Quilts and More. Get the scoop on free stuff and find out more about the best independent quilt shops in North America. To listen to a live show, tune in Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Just log on to allpeoplequilt.com slash radio. To hear past shows, go to iTunes and search for American Patchwork and Quilting Radio. We hope you'll join us because we know that quilting changes everything. We're back with more great conversation on Military Mom Talk Radio. 
Hey, military moms, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd. And even though I keep saying this is the Judy, Judy, Judy show, <laughs> because we have Judy Brizendeen and Judy Davis with us today, uh, what we're talking about is a very serious topic about how do we navigate change? How do we adjust to a new normal? And, you know, change is such a big part of the military lifestyle. And I know, Rob, you lost your mom uh, this, oh, I don't know, a year after I lost my mom. We both uh-huh. lost our moms within the past couple of years, and we've had to navigate a new normal through death and um but but new normals come from any type of change whether they're a pcs move in location and your kids have to adjust to a new community or you have to adjust to a new household and new rhythms and things like that we've got deployments that cause us to adjust to deployment and to reintegration so change is such a big part of the military lifestyle and the reason i brought up rob's uh passing of rob's mom and my mom is that I had experience of what was called compounded grief. I had a couple different losses, a loss of a home, a loss of a marriage, a loss of my mom, all at once. And well-meaning people would say to me, oh, well, you've been divorced for a couple years. You really need to get over it. You need to start dating again. Or, you know, you're in your your house and you're fine now. And I just would sit there and, and smile and nod. And then, but in my head, I was like, shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. You don't know what the hell you're talking about. Just shut up. And the longer it went on and the more well-meaning people told me to get over it, the more I just kind of hunkered down and, 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 but I felt stupid and and I felt like I wasn't getting over things fast enough. So I'd like uh, the both Judy's to talk about timeframes of healing because people push us to go a lot faster than we're able to most of the time. So I'm going to go to Judy Brizantine first for, for her, her comments. You know, honestly, there are no time frames. They're different for every person, for every kind of loss. You know, the important thing is to allow yourself to acknowledge what you're feeling. You know, don't try to set it aside, to ignore it, to put it on, you know, put it away um, as though it isn't there because it won't go away. You know, it's so important to allow yourself to process those feelings, whatever they are, and, um, you know, talk to your friends. Um, write. Writing about journaling is a great way to work through all of those things you're feeling, and you will begin to see how um, you're evolving through that process and beginning to accept those things and work t- through them, but I think you know. So oftentimes we're we're in such a society where we want things to happen fast. We want to you know sidestep it, get through it, get it over with, and mm-hmm. that doesn't happen with grief. It needs its natural um, amount of time, whatever that is for you and your situation, to work through those changes, to begin to adapt to your new normal, to acknowledge those feelings, and. Um, that's the healthy way to get through it. Um, it, it. You know, it's not trying to ignore and sidestep and hurry through because there is a process. You know, as, um, as Judy has also said, it, it changes a process that we go through all through life. Um, and so, you know, we just got to give ourselves a little bit of grace and uh, not be pushed by other people to, to go faster then it's really um, our place to go. Yeah. 
And Judy Davis, it might almost um, uh, be a good segue to sort of recognize sometimes we might need to seek a little outside help because sometimes loss and unwillingness to change can lead to depression and then depression can lead to something more serious. Um, and your, uh, your program living through crisis is definitely a wonderful program to give people the support and the resources that they may need. If all of a sudden we're just not able to cope with the changes that life has given us. Exactly. You know, I, I think when, you know, as military families, we are often asked to adjust and deal with things on the fly from tragedies to you know, things like PCSing or our children having a hard time adjusting. Mm-hmm. And and I think it's, you know, it becomes, like we were saying before, it's a process that almost is an approach to change in a unique way. And we can deal with it better when we look first, you know, allow ourselves to feel, just like Judy was saying, the worst thing you can do when dealing with a change that is uncomfortable would be to stuff everything. Naturally, our bodies feel feelings, and we must allow ourselves to experience that to be healthy and remain, you know, stable and things like that. But we also need to be cognizant of the fact that we need to look at the facts about what it is that we're facing, what change we're facing. You know, it's real easy to get caught up in a twirl, I call it, and in, you know, a twirl of emotions that we no longer are able to see what's really going on and what's really being asked of us. So, you know, while we want to experience the feelings, sometimes we do need to put them aside a little bit and focus on the facts so that we can gather the information we need to move forward, if that makes sense. Because mm. only, then, only then can we really um, see what our options are and what our choices are and then decide how to proceed. It, it's a balance between allowing ourselves to experience the grief and sadness of whatever our situation is, but then looking at things from a realistic and forward-moving perspective because that's the thing that allows us to take that next step and go into the unknown and challenge ourselves to um, go through onto the next thing because that's what we're really being asked to do when we're dealing with change. We're asking to go on to the next unfamiliar thing and the best way to do that is take one small step at a time. You don't write a book, you know, Judy didn't write a book, I didn't write my book, you know, all knowing everything. It was one word at a time that got us there. You clean your room one word at a time. You PCS one thing at a time. And I think dealing with grief and change is one thing at a time, dealing with the reality of what's going on and the truth of how you're feeling. And Keeping those in balance and perspective helps you move through things easier. Could I add something here? Yeah, absolutely. You know, Judy, absolutely. I totally agree with you. You know, it's not about just giving into the feelings and allowing yourself to be stuck there and, mm-hmm. you know, grieving 
24-7 and not doing anything but that. It's not about that. And I don't want anyone to have that wrong impression if that's what, you know, um, you thought or anyone thought I was saying. It's so Mm -hmm. important to begin to move. Yes, allow yourself times to feel that. But, you know, don't get in that place all the time and begin to take one step at a time. You know, don't be overwhelmed by, you know, this huge change that you see so that you're, you know, paralyzed and can do nothing. Begin to take one step at a time, and one little triumph leads to another, leads to another, you know. And um It's just so important to, I think the mindset is so important, you know, don't, try not to look at what has happened, you know, as though um, it's the worst possible thing, although whatever it is, you may think that initially, but, you know, try to see something positive in where you're going, you know, something positive that you can do, something you're grateful for, you know, just begin to you know, open your mind to what is possible, you know, what is possible in the future and where you can go, but begin to take those steps um, slowly, you know, but do move forward. Don't just be stuck in the grief that you felt. Absolutely. You know, you you never want to pretend like you're not grieving because that's not helpful (laughs) either. You know, just like you're saying, experience the grief and then just Allow yourself to be and look for the opportunities because they are there as hard as they are to find. Sometimes you just have to look really hard. (laughs) (laughs) And sometimes that search starts right in your own heart and in your own soul. And that's one of the benefits, I think, to Judy Brizendine's journal because her uh, her book, Stunned by Grief, is a wonderful book. Uh, processing book but the journal is one of those pieces that it's it's more than a diary it's more than um just being able to take take some notes down it really is a pickup when you need it kind of a thing or to be able to just spew out everything you need and i love judy's formatting the way there are little quotes and little moments of thought all the way through the book that sort of helps you. So one day you're having a tough day, you sit down with Judy's book and uh, be able to say, all right, this is how I'm feeling. This is where I'm at. Sometimes being able to utilize a journal as a tool gives you perspective because once you've put that down and are able to stand back and then maybe read where you were last month, you're saying, oh my goodness, I've come away from that. I was able to put it down. I was able to encapsulate it in those pages. And that was my release. It's sort of a figurative release. And then you're able to kind of move on to that next journey. Gives you that confidence that maybe I can turn the page. Um, And after we get back from the break, we've got one more break coming up, ladies. Um, I'd like to talk just one more conversation kind of about depression and the military, uh, Judy um, Davis, as far as the instances of of these that are a lot higher in the military and maybe why uh, and what possible reasons there are for that. Uh, we are speaking with Judy Davis and Judy Brizendine today. Judy Davis, the Directional Diva, you'll find all of her information at the Direction Diva. 
www.stunnedbygrief.com. You'll find Judy Brizendine at stunnedbygrief.com. We'll be back with both great ladies after this. We'd love to hear from you. Check us out at militarymomtalkradio.com or find us on Twitter and Facebook. Our shows are available on iTunes anytime from 0-100 hours to 23:59. For now, stay right where you are. There's more Military Mom Talk Radio after these messages. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 central on Toginet.com. Marla believes that with the right mindset, anything is possible. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka inspires you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the Million Dollar Mindset. Marla will inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power. Tune into the Million Dollar Mindset for heartwarming stories with Marla Tabaka. Learn tips and tricks to building a successful business and unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. For more information on the Million Dollar Mindset, go to our website, MarlaTabaka.com. That's M-A-R-L-A-T-A-B-A-K-A.com. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. If you could live your life truly standing in a place of peace, joy, and abundance, wouldn't that make your heart soar? Now you can with Lessons in Joyful Living with your host, Kimberly Rinaldi. Mondays at noon central, Kimberly Rinaldi, having created a highly successful coaching practice, now teaches lessons in joyful living. She believes in empowering others and that through it, you have the ability to break through any and all barriers, thus allowing you to reach your greatest potential and joyfully step into your life's purpose. What used to take weeks, months, or even years, she can now teach you in a matter of hours with her programs. For more on Kim and her show, go to her website, KimberlyRinaldi.com. That's R-I-N-A-L-D-I.com. Then join us for Lessons in Joyful Living with your host, Kimberly Rinaldi. Congratulations on being the proud owner of an adorable, soft, cuddly, sweet-smelling, smiling, cooing, hungry, tired, gassy, screaming little bundle of joy. So now what? Where's the owner's manual for this thing? Where are my instructions? Right here. It's baby and toddler instructions with Blythe Lippman on toginet.com. Infant care specialist Blythe Lippman has worked with babies for over 20 years and works extensively with new parents providing workshops, in-home visits, tips, and daily phone calls to ease those frazzled nerves. With baby and toddler instructions, you can get the advice you need on how to survive and enjoy your baby's first year. For more information on Blythe and how she can help you, go to babyinstructions.com. From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more, it's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. With more great conversation on Military Mom Talk Radio. Hey, 
military moms. Uh, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd and our stereo Judies. We've got Judy Brizendine of Stunned by Grief, and we've got Judy Davis, the Direction Diva. And we've been talking uh, for the show, for those of you just joining us right now, we've been talking about navigating a new normal. How do we adjust to change? Change is such a big part of the military lifestyle, and uh, Judy Davis uh, has a lot of experience with change, and she talks very frankly and openly about how change, not managing change well, not navigating some of these new normals can lead to depression and unfortunately can lead a lot to suicide. And we hear a lot about suicide, not only in our service members, but one of the underreported things is the suicide attempts of our uh, of our military children. And, and Rob, you and I have talked in the past with experts mm-hmm. about how post-traumatic stress is not just an issue of the wounded service member, but also how it affects the whole family. So I'm very excited to talk to Judy Davis and Judy Brizendine about how this affects the military child. Um, so uh, Judy Davis of the Direction Diva, do you want to weigh in? Sure, sure. Like I mentioned a little bit in the first segment, um, you know, our family is no stranger to the effects of PTSD and depression. Um, our son actually attempted suicide when he was a freshman in college, um, just after his freshman year going into his sophomore year of college, um, shortly after my husband had returned back from our previous deployment. And, you know, it was interesting for us because we were completely blindsided. And it kind of was shocking because we really, there had been no evidence. And I think that oftentimes our military dependents, our children, spouses, and things like that, they put on an air that everything is okay. You know, we we hear pull your big girl panties on and roll on and just kind of deal with all the changes and the things that are going on. And we really don't do as a whole, our community doesn't do a great job, I don't believe, in providing the resources and support that our dependents need to deal with the change and the grief that they experience day in and day out. Um, they, What I'm hearing when I go and speak and talk is that too many dependents can't express their feelings, like you were talking about in the earlier segment, Judy. They don't know how to express the fear and hopelessness. They don't have the coping skills to navigate the constant change and chaos and stress. So, you know, we handle the logistics like pros, but we miss the boat when it comes to dealing with the emotional side of military life. And I think that that's something that I know I work on in um, through Living Through Crisis, as well as on the south side through my book, Right Side Up, it's that we need to help our children be able to express what's going on. They, they kind of turn into masters of deception, if you will, and pretend like things are okay when they're not. And then only when it gets to a critical point, they can't see a way out. And that's when they're turning to the thing that seems like the only solution. Um, you know, it, it's one of those things that we really need to start educating our community and military leadership um, and mental health providers on the challenges that our families face. Because I don't think that we really realize 
how much change and grief they go to go through on a daily basis. So, I mean, there's a lot of, we go in a hundred different directions here, Sandra and Robin. <laughs> well, but I think it's important that we talk about this because Judy Brizantine, correct me if I'm mm -hmm. wrong, when your husband died unexpectedly, um, how old were your children and how did that affect them? Well, my daughter was 28. And so she was, you know, a little bit older at that time. Um, it was very difficult for her, you know, just like it was for me. It was so unexpected. And both of us went to a grief support group together, which um, helped so much. I mean, I, I can't even express how much that helped because everybody there understood. You know, it was a safe place to talk. Um, it was a safe place to cry. You know, it was just a safe place to go and work through, begin to work through those things and learn about what was happening with other people who shared the same, um, the same, the same experience. Um, you know, I'm not a part of the day-to-day -day military group these days, but I, I don't know what the, you know, the possibility is of, of some groups for kids to get together, whether it's through the chapel or through, you know, something that um, that's offered through another, you know, home, another branch of uh, another department or something, but a place where they could get together and, and you know, process these things together. And that's one of the things that I just um, participated in the MOA, Military Officers Association, they did a warrior family symposium that addressed this issue. And one of the big takeaways that many of the um, professionals and um, DOD representatives and organizations, they're really looking at starting to do some educational programs, kind of like what um, we're doing so that we understand exactly what is going on with our dependents and what they are really facing and the challenges they are, but they're looking at creating exactly what you're talking about, Judy, is the peer-to-peer -peer, um, programs that give a safe place where the kids and the young adults um, can actually discuss their feelings and find out that there are people that are experiencing similar things to their own. And like you said, they can cry together, they can... Um, work together to find solutions and be supportive of one another. Um, I know that many of your different programs that are successful are peer-to-peer -peer programs. I know my son, when he was asked at that event what he wishes he had, he said, I just wish I knew I wasn't alone in how I felt. Yes. I felt like, you know, he felt like something was wrong with him because he had a hard time dealing with the fact that, dad was in danger every day and, you know, things like that. He felt that he was doing something wrong and he didn't know how to protect me or what if something happened to my soldier, how he would be able to make it okay. And, and I think peer-to-peer -peer is the answer and educating our leadership to understand that this is how our kids are feeling. Um, you know, years at war has created an environment that, um, has a lot more squashing of feelings than, I guess, you know, is the unprofessional way to put it. 
our kids are burying how they really feel in order to protect us. Um, well, and, and I'm going order. to weigh in, you guys. I'm going to add <laughs> yeah. a little bit on top of that because I have a similar uh-huh. situation with my older son um, in his class. He's 11 years old, and these are, you know, a lot of them are, are deployment kids, or they were born, you know, when the war started at 11 years old. And in their classroom, you know, and this is 33 kids. They have one kid whose dad has killed himself. They have five or six kids who are divorced. And there's a lot of military families in my community. And there mm-hmm. are other kids that parents, the dad's in jail um, because of substance abuse, again, directly related back to post-traumatic stress. So when right. all these kids got together recently and started talking at my house, because I brought it up, um, they were talking about the shame. And that's a really big thing that kids especially you know, they talk about it being their responsibility, but every one of these kids felt ashamed because they didn't know how to deal with it. They couldn't navigate it. They couldn't figure it out. And I sat there in my kitchen, watching them talk over spaghetti meatballs. I'm like, you guys, you're not supposed to know how to do this. This isn't your typical experience. And you know, how are you supposed to know? And I'm obviously not a shrink and probably the worst person to be talking to them at that point, but they laid it all out on the table and they all talked about how they were embarrassed. And then they felt better because here are these seven little kids going, guess what? I'm not alone. My dad's dead. My dad's in jail. My parents are divorced. I'm going to court. You know, my dad has got this problem. My mom has this thing. And all of a sudden, these kids that all felt isolated and alone just for the process of a conversation over some meatballs, I think can make a world of difference. Absolutely. You know, a, a really, really beneficial thing of bringing kids together like that, just like adults, is that everybody's going to be at a different place and everybody's going to have, you know, a unique situation, but there's common core too. And, you know, as one person gets a little further along in understanding the process or, you know, being uh, working through whatever it is they're going through, they can help somebody else who's not so far along. And that was the thing in some of these groups. You know, people who have been there before or been there longer are able to mentor, so to speak, other people who, you know, maybe just started on that process. And it's just, you know, it's a it's a wonderful positive not only for, you know, well, for everybody at every stage because you have a chance to really step in and help somebody else while you're helping yourself. Mm-hmm. Ladies, this has just been an incredible hour, and it is time to wrap it up. I want to make sure everyone knows where to find you because this totally is just the beginning. <laughs> um, Judy Brizendine, your website is stunnedbygrief.com, S-T-U-N-N-E-D, stunnedbygrief.com. Please check uh, her website out as well as her book and companion journal. We want to thank Judy Davis a wonderful uh, motivational speaker. She is The Direction Diva, and that is exactly what her website is, thedirectiondiva.com. You'll also want to check out her most recent publication, Right Side Up, and you can find out more information on her website. Thank you both, ladies. We are so grateful for your time and all of your efforts in helping all of us moving forward and finding our new normal. Thank you so much. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure. I have to say it one more time, Rob. Judy, Judy, Judy. Judy, Judy, Judy. (laughs) Judy, Judy, Judy. (laughs) 
Join us next week right here on Military Mom Talk Radio. Thanks for tuning in to Military Mom Talk Radio. Want more information? Check us out at MilitaryMomTalkRadio.com or find us on iTunes for more than 200 free episodes. Drop us an email or find us on Facebook. We are looking forward to another great discussion. We hope you'll join us on Military Mom Talk Radio.